Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. We'll jump in here. We've been in Colossians by way of review. I always like to review. A lot of you weren't here last week, but I'm going to review kind of where we've been in Colossians. First, let me read it. We're going to read uh, chapter 3. I'll start in verse 12. Put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect Harmony. So by way of review, we've talked heavily in the book of Colossians about this new humanity, right? And chapter 1 talks about being transferred from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. It says you've been qualified, you've been delivered, you've been transferred. That, that's for those of us who are following Jesus. Then chapter 2 says you've been made alive. We have been forgiven. Our debts have been canceled. Chapter 3 goes on to say that you have been raised with Christ. And then last week we talked about how, how, how this, these are done deals. These are in stone. You have put off the old humanity. And you have put on the new humanity. These are done. In stone. Identity statements. It's going to be very important for today. And because, all, because everything I just told you is true, and because that is what happened to us, that's what God did to us, for us. Now, we, we are actually totally unique to the people around us who are not following Jesus, as the Bible would say. There is a difference. So, so, so chapter 3 talked about we set our minds on things that are above. That means that we think differently now, that we're in this new humanity. We act differently because we think differently, right? If we think differently, it's definitely going to cause us to act differently. We talked last week, we, we actually speak differently than everyone else around us. We don't slander. Obscene talk is not a thing that we do. We don't lie. We talked last week about the tongue being a fire that could just set a forest ablaze. If you'll remember last week, we talked about we say what we hear. And then I feel like the people of God... I've got to get a, a little more serious about what we're allowing in our, into our ears and even on, into our eyes. Now, we talked about, every week we talked about, you can't do this on your own. This isn't some white knuckle thing where, okay, now I can, I can just be this person that, that is, uh, uh, that's going to speak correctly, that's going to think correctly. This is not something you can do on your own. This is a movement of the Spirit. And we talked about whatever is started in the Spirit, which is that you being transferred from one kingdom to another, that's a Spirit work. And what starts in the Spirit, you cannot continue and you cannot accomplish in the flesh on your own. And then if you remember last week, we talked about we have got to run to something. It's not just merely about stopping an action or running away from something. We have to run to something. So this is part two of kind of a two-part uh, two sermon, uh, one that I did last week. If you didn't hear it, go to the podcast, and maybe this week might make a little more sense. But 
as we dive into our passage today, there's something that I think we've said, but I just want to say it again. When we read the Bible, right, when we very first started, Daniel talked about interpreting Scripture and how we've got to look at their town and somehow we've got to get it to our town and there's some sort of interpretive journey as to how this letter was written to a group of people. And we've got to understand what it means for us in our town in 2021 in Springfield. And here's, I just want to make sure you understand this. There, there was no such thing as morality in the ancient world. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you, if you would go research, you find that all of the houses actually looked the same. So whether it was Colossae, whether it was Ephesus, all these little villages outside of Rome that Rome uh, basically owned, they all would have looked the same and they would have reminded us of like small jail cells. Windows would have been very small. They would have been up high with bars on them. Why? Because... People just took what they wanted when they needed it, how, however they needed to do that. Like you didn't walk outside at night in the first century alone. You had to take a huge group with you. And you have to understand there was just, we, it's hard to comprehend. So, so when, you, when you understand this and then you see Paul writing about this stuff, the culture would have been like, don't lie, what are you... Who doesn't lie? Like, that's the way you got to survive. Like, this is so new. It's very countercultural, even in the first century, and it continues to be countercultural today. So, we start in verse 12 where it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now, listen, I just read, this is great news. I just read to you another identity statement. In stone, done deal. He is addressing people who he says, as God's chosen ones. If you're following Jesus, that's you. You don't become unchosen. Okay, just give me a thank goodness. I just that's that's great news. Do you understand this? God's chosen one, holy. That's you. You okay? That's you. That's your identity. Beloved or loved, that's you. This is done. And you need to hear this this morning. You will sin, but it doesn't mean that's who you are. Let me say it this way. I will sin. That does not mean that that is who I am. Now here is, here, here is the best way to say this. Are you ready? We will sin. It doesn't mean that's who we are. Now why did I posture it in such a way? Hill City Church, we must stop this individuality thing in Christianity. We must stop. Listen, individualism has taken us over. It's taken us over in our culture in the United States. It's seeped into the church, and we must stop. Now, here's the reality. I just want to confess this to you. I don't think that I have the skill. I don't think I have the influence to change your mind on this. But I still have to teach this. What we do here on Sunday, what we do throughout our week, this is way bigger than just you and I becoming better individuals. Are you with me? This is, be this is way bigger than me going, I just want to be a better father, better husband. Yes, that's good. But listen to me. 
that's seeing Christianity like this. That's seeing your walk with Jesus like this. And that's not how scripture talks about us. The you that you're going to read all throughout Colossians, it's a plural. Well, I mean, even, even if you look at what I just read you, it said chosen ones. Don't read the Bible and say chosen one. This is, this is a plural. This is not individual stuff. And th- this is my conviction. Listen, I've fallen into this. I'm part of an American culture too, but I think the body of Christ, specifically, specifically even in Springfield, Missouri, the body of Christ, Springfield, Missouri families, just might use the body of Christ instead of letting God use their families to build up the body of Christ. That, that could be a real possibility. And listen, yes, there's individual salvation, right? I can't save you. Okay, I can't, listen, there, there is individual salvation. God reaches, he transfers, he, he transfers individuals out of this old humanity into a new humanity. But at, listen, when you read scripture, after that, we are spoken to as a group of people. Community of people. We are members of one another. The, the, body, or the Bible says that. We are members of one another. We are members of the body of Christ. So, so let me just kind of put this, try to make a little bit more sense of this. Right? So March Madness is going on. We just finished all the high school state championships here. Um, so there's a team here, here in town. Uh, just they're, they're on Missouri State campus, Greenwood. It's a high school, Greenwood. And then th- they lost the state championship to this little country bumpkin town out east called Hartville, okay? And, and Hartville actually won the state championship. This was a huge matchup. It was, it was, it was highly touted, but, but they were interviewing a player from Hartville, okay, um, after the game. And, and, and he was just talking about the game, he's, and he's talking about my team. They were here for me. They covered for me. My team, we did this. We moved the ball around. We knew we had to be there for each other, right? And it was kind of awesome. But then there was an interview uh, for a player that, that played for the, for the other team here in town. Listen, this player I'm going to tell you, he's probably going to the NBA, okay? He's on an NBA journey. Good for him. I'm happy. That's awesome. Um, but but listen, listen, to, listen to his interview, talking about his team. This year, they wanted the state championship so bad. Like, like he was on the team. They worked really hard trying to get better. It's been fun playing with them. Okay, now listen, whether or not his team won the state championship, that's not going to affect him in any way. Trust me, he's fine. But, but can you see the difference in where one team and one person from a team talked about his team versus the way another one talked about his team? And you see the difference in the pronouns, right? And one of those teams won and, and the other one didn't. And what I'm saying is this. I'm trying to just paint a picture to say, at Hill City, it's us. It's we. We've got to change our thinking about what's going on here. Listen, Sunday mornings matter here, and it's not just you you and God time. It's not. And I want to say it with love. Like, this is us and God. 
So here's what I want you to do. Just look around the room, okay? Look around the room. There are people that's going to make a lot of you uncomfortable, whatever. And you just need to tell somebody right now, this is weird, old school, but tell somebody, you and I. Say, you and I. We are chosen by God. You and I are chosen by God. You and I are holy, and you and I are loved by the creator of the universe. Okay, listen. You see that? Just look at the faces. or Look, look, at, look people in the eyes and no, listen. And for some of you are like, no, I don't know if she is. <laughs> and it's easy to be like, oh, I am loved. I am chosen. And we sing a song. I get it. Like, I am who you say I am. It's a beautiful song. Listen, we are who he says we are. Amen? If one member suffers, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. I don't know if that's happening. Maybe it is. I hope it is. My prayer is that that is what is happening at this church. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I hope that's happening, Hill City. That's the way it should be happening. So put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. We've talked about that. Kindness, we've talked about that. Humility, we've talked about that. Meekness, we've talked about that. Now today we go patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, and love. Let's start with patience. Just so you know, patience is not to be confused with passivity. Patience, this idea of patience, this is the idea of uh, what some older translation of the Bible would say, long-suffering, to suffer long with someone. We must be patient people, Hill City. And let me just confess with you right now, I really, really want people to be patient with me. I really do. But I really lack patience with others. That's just kind of how it works. That's why this is a movement of the Spirit. But, but, but practically patience, what is it? It's, it's you believing that my sin, it's you believing that my shortcomings are not really me because we, are, we, were, told, we were just told our identity. That's patience. When I mess up, when I mess up, not if, when I mess up, that my church family, my family would just say, listen, that's not him. And that our patience actually knows that we're on the same team. And it's we, and it's us. We're part of the same body. Hill City Church, you got to ask, has God, let's go individual, then we'll go body. Has God been patient with you? Hill City Church, has God, when, has God been patient with us? So, so, so going off of last week, how is it then? How can we be patient with someone and simultaneously slander them. How can we be patient with someone and simultaneously lie to them or about them? Listen, you can't. Patience. He, doesn't, he goes on and he talks about bearing with one another. Some of your Bible versions would say forbearing, which is a very close relative to forgiveness. We'll talk about forgiveness in a minute. But let's start with bearing with one another. What does that mean? Quite simply, putting up with one another. We've just, we've got to do that. Like, we endure hardship 
with one another. And, and I just got to tell you this. Pe- you know, people leave churches all the time. They just leave churches because they're offended. Don't they? So, so what, what if being spiritual... What if we just really looked at, okay, man, I just want to be, I want to be spirit-led. I want to be spiritual. What if we were like, okay, maybe that's less about reading our Bible and praying and singing. Maybe that's more about, can I put up with somebody and be patient with them and bear with them? Can we put up with someone even when it's hard? And, and I want you guys to know this. I, I'm, I'm pretty aware. I, I really I think I am. I'm pretty aware of how hard I am to deal with, okay? Uh, and, I, and I'm working, right? The Lord's working in me. Like, I, I'm hard to handle. I'm hard to deal with sometimes. I know I need to preach better. I know I need to smile more, okay? Listen, there you go. <laughs> I know this. Um, hey, humbly, will you bear with me? Man, I'm praying about this all the time. Will you bear with me? Listen, I know I need to respond to emails faster. I do. I, I do. Will you bear with me? I promise you, I'm praying about it. I'm working. The Lord is working in me. Please. Bear with me. And, and listen, this is, this is just so you know, we're in the Bible Belt, right? We're like pastors, or I mean, we're in America, right? Pastors are like, in some churches, not here, they're, they're, they're celebrity, they're put on pedestals. I'll never, I'll never, Daniel won't ask us, I won't, we will never ask for you to think that we're incredible. The Bible doesn't even ask you to think that we're incredible. So we're not going to ask you to think that we're incredible. But the Bible does say this, you've got to bear with that guy. Bearing with one another. You seeing me through my sin. My shortcomings. You you recognize through my shortcomings. Hey, we're on the same team. It's a we and us. So, Hill City Church, how is it that we can be bearing with one another? And simultaneously slander or lie. Listen, we can't. It just doesn't work. You see how this is fitting together here? Forbearing. I told you it's a close sort of sibling of forgiveness. So now we move to forgiveness. Now listen, I just want to tell you this. I cannot teach forgiveness properly in the next three minutes, okay? We are going to post-Easter, we are going to take a couple weeks and we are going to really teach on forgiveness. But let me just kind of plow the ground a little bit prior to those couple of sermons, okay? This is way easier said than it is done, amen? Those of us who have been wronged, okay? And, and I just want to give you a little bit of a relief here. We, we are to be becoming more like Jesus, but we're not Jesus, okay? F- forgiveness is not likely to come easy 
were to come easily, be easily done by us. It's likely not going to be sudden. But here, here's what I believe the Bible tells us. As people of God transferred from one kingdom to another, in this new kingdom, we are, be to, we are to be people who are moving toward forgiveness. Like we don't dig our heels in as people of God and go, never. But I'm not here to make up some, you know, the, the, this la-la land that's like, oh, yeah, for, forgive and forget. Listen, and, and just so you know, the Bible's not talking about, well, that you know, they looked at me wrong. No, this, these are for major, these are for offenses that cut. Reconciliation takes time. I want you to know that I understand this. I know that some of you know this because you've been through this. And some of you are like, man, this is a reality. Like you've forgiven someone. You've truly forgiven someone. And then something can happen, right? Maybe it's just on, on a random day of the week, something can happen and it triggers you. And those sort of emotion and those, those emotions and feelings come back from when you were wrong. And in your mind, you're like, man, I thought I forgave them. And I want to tell you this morning, you did. You did. Now you need to give yourself some grace for when those emotions and those triggers come back. And you need to continue to give that person who you indeed did forgive, continue to try to give them grace. But forgiveness is actually more complex than what we make it sound like. And I want you to understand this morning that forgiveness is a process. And as people of God, we should at least be engaged in the process. So let me just give you a few practical things on forgiveness. And listen, I know what this is going to sound like. You, this is going to sound like a Jesus juke, and it's not. It's just the truth, and I think it's a good place for us to, to start right here. Okay? So I just want to start right here when it comes to forgiveness. You and I will never forgive someone more than what God forgave you. Now, that's real. Okay? And I know some of you are like, Brad, you have no idea. Listen, I, I do have an idea, and, and I stand by that statement. Okay? But let's stay practical. Here's another thing. You are rarely, if ever, more Christ-like than when you forgive someone. Amen? Okay, just so you know, too, this is the third one. Forgiving is not just, it's not you admitting that what someone did to you wasn't evil. It's not you conceding that what they did was okay. That is not forgiveness. I get it. That, man, some evil, horrible things have been done to you. When you forgive someone, it's not saying, oh, that wasn't evil and horrible. No, it was. And it's okay for you to say that. You guys have heard this. I don't even know who to attribute this saying to. I didn't make it up. You've heard this before. But not, this is just practical, right? Not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and hoping that the offender will get sick. When you don't forgive, you will be the one who gets sick. And then let me just stay with the theme here. When you don't forgive, Hill City Church, when we are not a forgiving people, not forgiving destroys community. Listen, I know some of y'all's family stories, okay? And there, there are families, blood families that are wrecked because people won't forgive each other. What do you think will happen here? And this family. Forgiveness is even though I sin, yes, I will sin, that you will forgive me and not hold it against me because you know 
who I am and you know who you are. Forgiveness is saying, not only will I not hold it against you, I'm actually going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for this. Forgiveness can be a battle. But our forgiveness knows that we are on the same team. We are part of the same body. Hill City Church, how is it that we can be forgiving someone and simultaneously slander them? We can't. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Above all of these. What, what is he talking about? These. Here we go. Let's just recap it. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. Patience. Bearing with one another. Forgiveness. Above all those, now we put on love. And it's love that will actually bind all those together and make it work. First John 4, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Remember that. Where's love from? Okay, remember that. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So, so let me just talk to you for a minute, Hill City Church. We live in a culture. This is just reality. I'm going to go a little bit different direction with this. Stay with me. We live in a culture that has a great, uh, I don't know, disdain, hatred. They despise the things of God. You know this, right? Like just watch the news, get on your social media, whatever it is, listen to any politician you want to listen to. There's a hatred and animosity for the things of God. But what's funny is that the, at the very same time, simultaneously, the hatred and animosity of the things of God, those very same people, they actually want the things of God. So what are you talking about? So, so, so the world wants, okay, let me just read the Bible. You know what the world wants? They say this. They, they love the idea of compassionate hearts, don't they? They love the idea of meekness. They love the idea of humility. They love the idea of forgiveness. They love the idea of love. Yes, they use those words. The problem is they hate the person that invented all those things. And you can't have all those things and despise the person that invented all those things. And I know invented is the wrong word. Stay with me here. You get my point. Maybe a better way is that you can't despise the person who is all those things. That's the origins of all those things is our God and our creator. And I get made fun of a lot, right? Because it's like I use the word pipe dream. Like, Daniel, give me an idea. Michael, like, that's a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. And realistically, it actually always does happen, and that's why I get made fun of. Maybe it's my pessimism. But I think I can tell you this. All this unity and all this love and all this stuff we're hearing about from the world It's a pipe dream. It cannot happen without creator God. Now, Here's what's, this is the hardest thing to grasp, okay? Because I don't know my flesh. I don't want to grasp this. But this is the reality of that creator. 
at the very same time, listen, that he is despised, that there's a great hatred and animosity towards God and the things of God in this world by these people that want all the things from him that he provides. He knows there's a great, he knows there's an animosity. But he still loves them. Do you? He's still very patient with them. He still bears with us. See, that's not just them. He still forgives us. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. Still is. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men would hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Still don't. This is Isaiah. This is thousands of years ago he was despised he was rejected not just while he was here on earth it's still happening today and yet what he did for us still is he patient with us listen to me he hasn't even he hasn't come back yet you know why he's patient surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced. For our transgressions. He was crushed. For our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. We love peace, don't we? With his wounds, we are healed. That's the love of Jesus. That's what binds all this we've been talking about together. It's the love of Jesus that changes everything. Has it changed you? Like, oh yeah, no, no, but when I was 14, the love of Jesus, no, listen to me. Did it change you this morning when you woke up? Did the love of Jesus change you this week? Let's pray.